new releases, drama, interviews, and much more. We are part of Choose K Hip Hop, which is our website. You should also check that out. If you want to follow us, we're on Instagram and on Twitter as 82K Hip Hop Podcast. Now, for this episode, we have a guest once again, a K Hip Hop artist, as you guessed. Eskim. Eskim. Eskimo? Wait, I should just. One sec. Eskim. Is that how I pronounce your name? Yeah, yeah, Eskim. Eskim? Okay, Eskim. Okay. All good. Because I always see Eskim official and I'm like, Eskim. I know. Oh? I can't do anything. It doesn't let me do um, like capitals and lowercase. Uh, okay, I saw it on your Instagram too and I kept on thinking Eskimo for some reason. Okay. Well, uh, welcome, Eskim. Um, would you like to do an introduction for yourself? Sure. Yeah, I'm. Uh, where to start? Well, I'm in, I'm in Korea and I've been doing. I, would, I don't know if I'd call myself K hip hop, uh, K R and B, K K something. But yeah, I, I'm an artist singer. in Korea and I'm a singer. And I've been doing this for three years or so now as a released artist. And, you know, just trying to, trying to do my best and hope that people somewhere accidentally hear my music. I mean, you got some like bars in your music though. Like, let's give credit where it's due. Like, I heard, I heard some rap stuff in there. <laughs> so I always listen to a lot of hip hop, and so I have this—I wouldn't call it a complex. I think it's actually just who I am. But I have this thing where I don't like myself as hip hop because I just don't really feel mm-hmm. not belong. I, it's not that I don't feel like I belong. It's I actually feel awkward seeing myself in that world. So. I uh, pull a lot of like yeah, the rhythmic uh, and those kind of uh, a lot of the imagery they use. I love listening to people's raps because yeah, just the lyrical imagery is fantastic. Okay, so I guess just getting right into it then. Um, can you tell us how you came up with the name Eskim? Oh, <laughs> there isn't actually much of a story to that one. I actually had the name. I had a little bit of a, or it wasn't like. It wasn't a name. My previous, like, usernames and what do you call those? Instagram ID and Twitter handles and all those. Handles? Yeah. So that used to be something else. And I was just releasing under my um, my given name, Elliot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Korea, it was actually just Elliot. But uh, it was in English everywhere. It was Elliot Kim. And I was talking to some people and they asked, they said, it's just hard to release under your own name and yeah. gain no- notoriety. And so they said, yeah, just come up with an artist name. And I was like, okay. And I'm really bad at this. So uh, it's basically my name without um, random initials for my name and random letters. And so the KM mm-hmm. is just, I pulled the I out of my last name. Um, e, e and S are my first and middle name initials. And that's it. Okay. <laughs> no, heard it here, folks. No the exclusive story. <laughs> it's, the, it's the exclusive story. It's literally, it looks good spelled out and for branding and imagery and you can guess what it's yeah, supposed to yeah. be pronounced as in English and Korean. Okay, awesome. And so that was it. Except for me who always thought it was Eskimo. <laughs> Eskimo's another dude Eskimo. actually. Oh really? Yeah, he did if you know the TV show Billions, he did all the music for that show. Uh people often <laughs> tag me in his uh, <laughs> the, like post and they'll tag me and I think it's really funny. So, um, originally you were studying computer science and broadcasting journalism. Um, what made you want to pursue music instead? Oh, this is one of my favorite stories because it's like quintessential. Yes. 
Yeah. What am I doing with my life story? So I was, let's see, I was 19 or 20. And in my apartment in college, and I just sat there either on my desk or on my bed. And I sat there with my computer. I was like, what? If I can only do one thing for the rest of my life, not worrying about money or not worrying about real life, is there one thing that I want to do? And uh, just I felt like I wanted to perform. Mm-hmm. And music had always been a part of my life, but I never, I mean, I, at this point, I had known I was musically talented. I didn't really until I was an adult, but I didn't ever see it as a career that I wanted to do. I'm very pragmatic and I'm super okay with just working a normal job and nine to five never bothered me. Mm-hmm. But I got into this and I was sitting there and I was like, okay. I want to perform. How can I perform and be on stage? And I'm not a good actor. I know that. And so there's only so many avenues to go with. I'm not a model. And so I was like, okay, music. I can do music. This is the way I can do it. And I had no idea what I was doing. My parents have, my, my mom is, and my dad, both of them are fairly musically, uh, like, innate talent. Mm-hmm. But they just, they don't know how, they didn't know how to, um, Encur- not encourage encourage is the wrong word curate is also the wrong word for a human uh develop there we yeah. go they didn't know how to develop musical talent in someone so growing up i went to music lessons but my mom can tell you like is the teacher good or bad what should i be doing she could never question the teacher because she didn't have the background mm-hmm. and so i was i was coming into like people know the school you know berkeley college of music you say it people know it yeah. i had never heard of it I legitimately went on Google and, and searched contemporary music schools. Like, yeah, there's, that's that story. I never left and here I am. So I guess expanding off of that a little bit, how did your parents feel when you told them that you were going to pursue music? Were they supportive of it? My pa- Yeah, my parents, I don't know if there's a time in my life where my parents haven't really been supportive of what I do. Mm-hmm. And I had already, I had already lived a kind of weird life, like, High school, I almost didn't graduate on time. Uh, college, actually, I went to the University of Maryland, but I didn't get, get in right away. Um, I took a semester, the first semester off mm-hmm. after high school. I went to community college for a semester. Mm-hmm. Um, I transferred in. And so I, I've always had a kind of strange path. And my parents have always been like, take your time, figure it out. And they said, go do music. They were like, you know, if you're going to try something, try it while you're in your 20s. Yeah. <laughs> And so they're like, go do it. I actually had wanted to move to Korea to do music when I was 19, mm-hmm. 18 or 19. Um, a little bit after high school, I tried to move to Korea and my dad wouldn't let me. Mm-hmm. And I think about that now. And I'm so thankful because if I had moved to Korea at that age, I would have been so lost and I would have given up after like a year. I would have been here. I would have been like, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't figure anything out. Mm-hmm. And then... I don't have guidance from anyone. So I would have gone through it, given up after a year, come back. Yeah. So, but you're in Korea now. Um, can you tell us about, I guess, can you tell us about um, what that move was like and what kind of motivated you to make that move? So my target market has always been Korea. And a lot of people have asked me this. I, there's a lot of things we, we can talk about for why I'm, I'm in Korea or why I'm not attacking the American market. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty blunt person, and uh, America likes white people, <laughs> and occasionally they like a black person. Yeah. Right. If a black person is lucky, America likes a black person. 
in terms of pop popular music. And so like I, I, I didn't I didn't want it to be I'm not I never was like I need to get into the racial undertones of this and all of that. For me, it was simple. I looked at the market and I said, I don't really have a market in America. So I was never America never was like a place I wanted to target. So I was always going to move to Korea. And my whole time at Berkeley uh, was basically setting up my move to Korea. So hung out with a lot of Korean people, which was different for me. And uh, yeah, a lot of the people I met at school, especially the Korean Americans, were planning to come to Korea. We all had kind of the same understanding of the market. Mm -hmm. And so I I worked with a lot of people I went to school with. That's awesome that you had kind of a support system, I guess. It wasn't just you just, you know, taking the plunge completely on your own. Um, So that's nice. Yeah, I tell people I would have been more lost moving to L.A. (laughs) because I would have known less people than moving to Korea. (laughs) When was it, I guess, maybe in college or maybe after where you like, like knew, knew that music was your thing for you? Was it like doing your first semester in Berkeley or did you know already like when you were saying when you're sitting on your your dorm room, I guess? Was it when you decided to go to Berkeley or when was it that you knew like this was your thing? Well, yeah, so I don't think I ever knew. I think for me it was uh, I'd grown up <laughs> and uh, just had musical talent from birth that was not properly developed. And I actually did. So I didn't know. I actually thought there's some my best talent in music is my listening skills. Mm -hmm. And I thought everybody heard things the way I heard them. I just had no idea. Nobody like growing up, unless somebody tells you, like, you can do stuff other people. Right. You don't know. And so I found out in uh, my high school offered a music theory class. And I took that and I had a friend who I was taking with. And he I never knew until I learned his frustration because I wasn't wasn't ever paying attention, but I knew all the answers. <laughs> he was like, I have to try so hard at this. And he was also a pretty talented, he's like a talented pianist. Mm-hmm. But he was just like, this listening part, I have to try so hard. And you listen to your iPod and know the answers. <laughs> uh, that's when I learned. So I was 18. I learned finally somebody told me, okay, I'm a little bit different in this way. Mm-hmm. And going through that, going sitting in my apartment, deciding to go. I think deciding to go was a big step because I had already had artists or people I knew in my life who were somewhat established, not established artists. I don't know if you ever feel established really, but mm-hmm. um, they had a level of popularity and people knew who they were. So if you know the artist, uh, Sam Ock, mm-hmm. we grew up, actually I didn't grow up knowing him, but we grew mm-hmm. up around not far apart. Probably, was probably like 30 minutes away from me. And then in college, he went to, so I went to the University of Maryland uh, College Park mm-hmm. and he went to Baltimore County, but, the schools are like less than 30 minutes apart from each other. And we had a lot of mutual friends. And so uh, I met him and we got to know each other. And I was always like, this guy like knows what he's doing. And he's making music and people know who he is. And <laughs> I felt out of place. I was like, I don't know anything, right? <laughs> and I even went to school and I get to Berkeley and I still, I feel that way. Um, it wasn't an inferiority complex at all, but it was really like, there's so much that these people around me have learned and practiced and done that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. And so I was dropped into a different world, but you dropped me into an academic world. I can tell you all the right steps, what you got to do to be successful. Drop me into music. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> Legitimately, my response was, what is this? I don't understand. Because I, even Berkeley, like it's, I call it fake school. Cause for me going to like really academic school, Berkeley was like, not school. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like fun. Yeah. And so 
Yeah, I, I spent I spent time at Berkeley, and I don't think I ever felt like I fit in. I still don't feel like I fit in. I feel established, like I now know what I'm doing, man. But it wasn't until really my it was my last release that came out this year, mm-hmm. where I really was starting to get into the mixes and stuff and be like, okay, I now feel like I understand what is possible. Mm-hmm. And my friend, so my friend is my mix engineer. And he's always getting on my case because he's saying, you can't keep leaving stuff to my hands. If, like, if there's something you want, just tell me. <laughs> he's like, if you don't like something, just tell me. I'm like, I don't know what to like or not like. But now, now I'm able to a little bit tell him kind of things I would want to change and what I like and don't like. And he, he of course, thinks it's funny because like, he's, he's, seen the, he's seen the growth. In, in yeah. me, and so it's pretty funny for him. Yeah, yeah. he's seen the progress. Since you mentioned it, um, let's go ahead and talk about your new your newest song, um, which I believe came out July second, and is called Game Breaker. What can you tell us about that song? Okay, so the title was the hardest thing. Yeah, the title actually was the hardest thing to come mm-hmm. up with. I had the song done for maybe two months trying to come up with the title before I finally was able to like set a release date and all of that, and I couldn't come up. This is the first time where I was writing I was writing a song and I couldn't come up with like I couldn't there was nothing in the song for me to pull a title yeah. from. That was that was a strange, strange experience. But uh I'm awkward with girls. <laughs> and so I decided to in my head, you know, I, I played a lot of sports video games growing mm-hmm. up and I was a big sports guy. Mm-hmm. Uh went to school intending to get into sports broadcasting. And so I was like, yeah, uh NBA Street. I used to play a lot of NBA Street. And they had these game, the move game breaker, and you'd fill up your game breaker bar. Mm-hmm. And to me, the whole the concept of the song really aligns with it because it's like you're doing you're doing all these little things uh, at a bar, and you know COVID and all of that. So I'm really yeah. really getting antsy. I want to get back out to like bars and just be around people. Yeah, yeah. And so I was I was saying it's like okay, you're at a bar, you do all these little things, and they all start to fill up this meter until you hit mm-hmm. you know kind of this climax of it's like hey okay, I'm really going to ask this girl, hey, you want to go out? I'm really going to ask this girl, you want to go home with me? Or, you know, something like that. That's interesting. I I like that concept. Yeah, it's kind of describes me. I'm pretty shy. So, (laughs) but like, when I talk talk about like, you know, you need need some like alcohol and stuff to- Liquid courage. To give you confidence. That's, yeah, that's that's real for me. (laughs) I can't do it. I I can't do it without it. From your music or from your vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed either because you seem very confident. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm self, I'm self confident, but I'm just shy around other people. Yeah. So, um, can you tell us? Does music give you confidence? Does music give me confidence? I think music is this fun thing where I can. It gives me time to express all of the things I have in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm really a. I think too much and I plan too much. And so all of the things I have in my head, it gives me a time to like put it down, edit it and go through it. Right. If I went through that process every, like I, I kind of go through that process every time if I'm meeting someone new or like meeting a girl and I'm like, you can't think this much. <laughs> it's a bad plan. So can you tell us um, who some of your musical influences are? Man, this is the hardest question. <laughs> I get, no. So I, I like, I was, uh, I filled out application forms for like audition shows mm-hmm. and survival yeah, shows yeah. or whatever they are. 
and they always have that on there oh, too, really? right? Like, what artists do you look up to, or what artists do you like? And yeah, and this is so hard because for me, my and I, I think at this point in time, everybody—not everybody, but a lot of artists—are like this, where their musical and musical influences are really broad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's so hard for me to like pinpoint down, you know, who when I when I look at my music, right? Like, who really directly influenced me to end up here i have no idea but i I can point to i can point to some people whose stuff i i really like Mm -hmm. and definitely subconsciously influenced influenced me because i listened to it a lot yeah i mean you can just tell us about you know what artists you really liked and vibe with and stuff like that so that justin timberlake 2020 album yes so that album came out a little bit before i got to berkeley and I, i wasn't listening to it but i was uh forced not in a not in a bad way mm-hmm. i was forced to listen to it for class they had like we had assignments on some of the songs mm-hmm. and so my teachers were going over um songs and i really looked into his process and i something i really love to do is look at uh two things i look at with artists are live performances mm-hmm. and interviews and so i always want to see because there's nothing wrong there are artists who are great recorded and terrible at that's okay but for me, I just like to see, okay, hey, what level are artists and then what magic are they doing in the studio? Can I do that? Right? Because <laughs> there are there are singers who are so good, mm-hmm. I can't match that. Yeah. No amount of studio magic will match that. But mm-hmm. there's performance where I want to see, like, oh, you know what? They're not actually that much better than me or we're similar. And there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. And so that's something I look at a lot. And one thing with Justin Timberlake is I remember reading or watching an interview and Someone was saying he'll do like a hundred takes mm-hmm. when he's recording something. And the only takes that end up getting used are like the last 10. Yeah. And he, he's just super, super meticulous about that. And I actually am not in that way, but I really understand the thought process that goes behind why he wanted to get in that way. And I was like, okay, I respect that. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're putting in a hundred takes, that's work. Yeah. I don't ever want to do a hundred takes. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I loved it. And that, so that whole, that whole album really drove a lot of things where you can experiment in music and you can do different things. Mm-hmm. And then there's like lots of other, I love 2000s bad hip hop. <laughs> I, I love the bad 2000s hip hop. Yeah. Uh, one, one, cause it's what I grew up on. Yes. But the other part is there was just kind of, it was really loose. People really didn't care about, it was, it was definitely worse than it is now. <laughs> in terms of like lyric writing they wrote the worst lyrics dumbest stuff in a lot of those songs but i was like yeah but it was about a vibe and it was about having a good time and so i like that you know i i, I always grooved with that stuff and then uh and then i always like to pull from like older stuff you know i, I started musically when i was younger a lot of big band jazz and stuff like that and obviously i'm not pulling any really big band jazz in my music but um rock music and bands like the Beatles and the Beach Boys and right, right. Queen and mm-hmm. even like a band like Kansas and you listen to all of the vocal layers that they have and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. For me, I think it just all ends up adding up. Mm-hmm. It all adds up. Even like everybody makes fun of Jason Derulo and I also make fun of Jason Derulo, but there's stuff in his songs and people like it and there's a reason people like it. Uh, and there's, always stuff you can glean from a successful artist even if you think they're not that good yeah exactly 
Now, I think he's a great singer. Once I found out and listened to him doing like random opera stuff, I was like, oh, this guy can sing. I don't know why you're singing about what you sing about. Because <laughs> I, I, no, I used to make a joke that he should just, like, he, she's a great performer. Stop trying to like pretend like you're a great singer. You're just a really great performer. Your dancing is good. You know, just roll with that. Because the way he sings makes him sound bad. <laughs> Same. And I like him, but I was like, man, why do you do this to yourself? <laughs> Uh, and the Korean stuff, right? Uh-huh. So there's that whole Korean world that uh, influenced me. And those, I can pick more directly because it definitely is like a shorter period for me of influence. Mm-hmm. I really loved Girls' Generation. And so um, their music does, isn't anything I take from for what I do. But Taeyeon, Taeyeon is someone I take a lot from. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because she's just like singing technique wise, one of the greatest singers I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, and so I kind of try to take stuff that she does and how her lines are written. Because she doesn't write her stuff, but how she performs her the stuff written for her. And I try to sometimes visualize stuff in that way. And se- I separate a little bit sometimes on songs, the performance and my writing of it. Because I think you can practice them in different ways and um, when you're getting ready to go to the studio for that. Mm-hmm. And then like... People in Korea introduced me to a lot of stuff. I'll go, I'll go into studios with producers and they'll be like, hey, have you heard this? Or what do you think about doing this style? And that ends up being what I listen to a lot. So like older Dean stuff, early 2010s and like mm-hmm. Crush and yeah. uh, Dynamic Duo. Uh, fun. I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big fun energy guy stuff. So Jay Park, but not the newer stuff where <laughs> he think, I don't know if he thinks he's trying to be serious or like it sounds like he's trying to be real serious. Like he just he just released that new song yesterday. I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. But uh, don't ever judge an artist for changing directions because that that's just how it goes. That's how it happens. Yeah. But him like PH one. I love PH one. I just think he's really fun, mm-hmm. and all most of his rap verses are just energetic and real fun. Definitely. And he's a good singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, it's stuff like that. I'm a real fun energy guy. For me, I haven't performed a lot on stage. But I love performing and I'm just an energy guy. I, running around on stage and just kind of doing not crazy stuff, but like what I would have looks pretty dumb. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Because I think my whole thing is I want someone to be able to come to my show and they're having a really bad time in their life. And if I can give them a little bit of happiness for, a little, for that period, that's my goal. I, wa- I want everybody to have a little bit of good energy and good and joy and mm-hmm. when, they, when they, after listening to me. So. Yeah, if I can run around on stage and be an idiot and, you know, that gives you a little bit of happiness in your life, I'm all for it. It's my job. (laughs) So um, you were talking earlier about taking music lessons when you were young. What instruments did you play? So like every Asian kid. Okay, not every Asian kid. I shouldn't stereotype us. (laughs) Like most, many, most, (laughs) many of the, basically all of them, I took piano lessons. Mm -hmm. But I only took them for three oh, years yes. so i took them from kindergarten to third grade halfway through third grade i remember really distinctly because i have not grudges against my parents but uh always ask them why did i stop <laughs> i mean part of the reason is i didn't practice and so my mom was like why am i taking you this you don't practice it's like i didn't need to practice that was a diff- that's a different story but <laughs> so for kindergarten to third halfway through third grade i took piano lessons and basically what happened was my older siblings stopped and so my mom was like i don't want to drive one kid piano lessons yeah and so I was, that was the end of that. <laughs> and then I picked up, in school band, I picked up the trumpet. So I played the trumpet for six or seven, six years and something like that. And so from third grade, I played the trumpet. I got lessons on that. 
And then in fifth grade, I'd always kind of just played the drums. And the thing with my family is we had instruments around and my mom definitely wanted to encourage us to play, me and my siblings to play music. Mm -hmm. But to a point, my siblings just weren't as interested. And so my sister had gotten a drum set. She got a drum kit for her for Christmas or something one year and she never really played it that much. But I played mm -hmm. it. And so it existing in the house was great for me. Yeah. And then in fifth grade, I started taking lessons on that. And uh, I think when I was about 12 or 13, so like seventh grade, I think, uh, my brother always wanted to, he wanted to play the bass guitar, actually. And my mom, my mom was weird. She told him he had to learn how to play the regular guitar if he was going to learn to play the bass guitar <laughs> for some reason, because she doesn't know how instruments work. <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of music development I grew up around. But I don't blame my mom. She didn't know. And so my, we had a, we had an electric guitar and an acoustic guitar in the house and they were my brothers and he didn't want to play them really he wanted to play the bass and so it existed and so i picked it up and played and i think the great thing about the guitar is especially in the beginning it's a great self-learning instrument mm -hmm. and now even now and now it's even not just easier you get better learning in the beginning these youtube tutorials are amazing yeah. i'm jealous I wish, yeah, I'm so jealous. I wish we had these kind of things when I was learning. Yeah, definitely but, uh, didn't have that when I was learning either. Yeah, you and so I I picked that up, and that's kind of been a lot of the story of my uh, growing up around instruments. It was just picking it up and playing. And um, I'm not super technically proficient at any instrument, partially because of that. I mm -hmm. uh, I I'm very pro actually, like proper teaching, and I'm very jealous of a lot of my friends who grew up in korea because they just have these music centers and music schools everywhere and you just go and you take after um, lessons after you know your regular school mm -hmm. and it's not that expensive and like you know your parents don't have to drive you there you can just go there and you can just they'll just take the bus home or yeah and so I'm, i was real really jealous of that because unless someone could take me to a lesson right i couldn't really have a lesson and it's just more expensive in america mm -hmm. and the teaching, I'm not going to say the teaching is bad in America, but there are problems with the teaching here in Korea as well. But that man, they're just, they push them so hard and they, they learn so much. And I'm so jealous because they would get to Berkeley at 18. I was like, you know, 21, 22. And they were getting there at Berkeley at 18. And they were so good. So proficient at their instruments. Sometimes I'm like, why are you here? Right? Mm -hmm. And I, there's, a, there's a reason. Part of it is name value. Part of it is connections. Part of it is learning other adult skills the industry but just from an instrument playing standpoint you're like you guys are amazing yeah i um after i wrote that question i went on your instagram and i saw a video of you playing the bass and i thought that was really cool because i also play the bass yeah i'm not good i i'm not good at the bass <laughs> i play it maybe once every like six months yeah. but that was uh i was sitting down and i just, well, I was just having fun there when there are fun bass lines i hear i like to see if i can play them yeah it's hard i can't can't, I can't get the rhythms down with my right hand on the bass. <laughs> Are you left-handed? No, I'm I'm right-handed, but just the because I don't really play the bass. Uh -huh. Getting getting the the uh, the same volume as well as just for me getting the same rhythm with both my fingers. It's just yeah. I'm not good at it. Yeah. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about what your songwriting process is like? Oh yeah, I, I my songwriting process is pretty simple. A lot of people have processes where it's like all over the place or random per song and mm -hmm. mine is mine is pretty simple um it used to be different before i got into this kind of music 
but with this kind of music, like the more pop R&B stuff, because before I did a lot of like rock music and that style. Mm-hmm. And so I write a lot with the guitar. With this pop R&B stuff, basically I go into the studio with a producer or with um, a handful of songs in mind or a couple uh, vibe ideas. Really, we, I go in there with just like, hey, what do I want this song to feel like? What kind of energy do I want it to have? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm really like, I really struggle to put out music in the wintertime because it's just not, people put out a different vibe of music that and it's just not me. And so I like to do a lot of spring and summer stuff. And so I go in there like, I want to have fun. And if it's whether um, it's like, you know, kind of like a, just like a drive, driving on the highway, smooth, that kind of fun time. Yeah. Or whether it's like, you know, beach with your friends or, you know, partying until the a.m. Right. So we go, I go in with a vibe and we'll pull up a few songs. And, and definitely my producer friends know better than me what's the current trends are in terms of like the bass sound may be the same, mm-hmm. but there's different things, right. People are doing right now that they, you know, and things that they used to do that they don't really do. And so they definitely are great with that. And so we'll go in, we'll get some sort of sketch of a beat going. Usually it's just a lot of drums. Um, and it's basically drums, honestly, I, that's, that's the main feel. So we'll sketch out some drums, mm-hmm. kind of get a, that rhythmic vibe going. And then, Usually what happens is they'll put some stuff down, um, synths and whatever. They'll send that to me and be like, hey, here's a sketch of the track. And I'll get it and I'll stay on it for way too long. <laughs> every time. Every time. So except for every time except for one song I've written, I get the beat. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I start writing some stuff. And then I get mad at what I'm writing and I give up for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I come back and then I write some stuff and I get mad. and I get... So that's my process. So I'll write... Um, I write all of the melodies. So I go in and I write all the melodies. And I just try to get one thing throughout the song. So whether it's one verse part, a chorus part, something that I really like. Yeah. And I can build the whole song once I get one thing I really like. But that that sometimes takes some time. So like, for instance, this past song, Game Breaker, I started writing that song in, I think I had the sketch in October. Mm-hmm. And I tried to write it. I tried to write it. And I couldn't get anything. I couldn't get anything for months. I put it on the back burner. I forgot about it. And then I was like, finally, I was like, okay, I need, I, I have this. I need to write it. So I start writing it again. It's maybe like February. And I have some parts done. And so the verse parts actually started to come together. And I didn't intend to write it in English, but it just started to come together. And so I kept it in English. And then I tried to go write the chorus. I couldn't get it. I like absolutely couldn't get a chorus. I have all of these revisions and I have them. I'm like it's no good and it's no good. And I'll record a new version and record a new version. And mm-hmm. I couldn't get it. And so I actually put it back. I put it back on the shelf. And then probably end of March, early April, I started to feel bad again. I was like, I need to finish this. <laughs> and so I pull it off the shelf and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to send what I have. I send what I have to my producer and he says, try these things, right? And so I finally had what I thought was a pretty good course. So I sent it over. We go to the studio and he's like, hey, can you just try it? Instead of, he, and it was great. He was like, instead of going down here, go up and, or something like that, right? Instead of going up here, go down. And then it, it came together. 
And so, yeah, that's my process. Lots and lots of melody revisions over and over again with dummy lyrics. I write these dummy lyrics just to get my rhythmic patterns down. Mm -hmm. and then revision after revision after revision. And eventually I cut some things together and I'm like, okay, this is okay. I very rarely love what I've written. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're always going to be that way, I think, with yourself. Just because it's something that you made, yeah. Forever. The only song that I love that I put together is Enigma. Mm -hmm. That song I wrote walking home from the studio in 15 minutes. That was, it just it happened and it just happened. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. So um, what artists could you see yourself working with in the future? Like if you, you know, if just basically what's like some of your dream artists that you would like to work with if you could? Dream artists. Oh, man. Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> you know what? Dean, Dean did that thing with Taeyeon. Mm hmm years ago that's in the summer and i want to do that yeah that, that's always been my dream <laughs> uh besides that uh, that's probably my real only wish uh, who else do i want to work with like ph1 I, I really would love to have him uh if i could jump on something with him or he you know did a verse on one of my songs i would love that you know what? i could hear a ph1 verse on one of your songs yeah i just think he's fun and he has that similar vibe and so yeah i think that would definitely be really fun to do and i don't know i want i want kind of want to do i'll, I'll kind of want to do something with lil nas x because i think he just doesn't care yeah. what anybody thinks yeah. and i think that's cool yeah same yeah he's amazing right and i love i he put out industry baby mm -hmm. you know and i love it and i just think he's all he's figured out a lot of what he wants to be as an artist but also that he's like telling people to stop telling him what he is or what he was or what he should be mm -hmm. he's not worried about his past stuff really affecting anything he does going forward and he's like there's stuff uh, there's stuff from him that's like old and not that good he's like i don't care <laughs> i was like yeah that's the way to be like why we spend so much time as artists thinking how we should how we need to maybe hide our stuff from when we weren't as good and i also try to make it a thing i like leaving old stuff up because I, th I think it's fine. It's like, people should know, look, I didn't start here. I wasn't just this. Yeah, yeah. Right? I had to do stuff, and I wasn't that good, and get better to become what I am. Yeah. I mean, everybody goes through it. It's all a process. Definitely, definitely. I was, yeah, I, I even, even for me as an artist, I, I'm, I tell people, like, I didn't feel super confident or comfortable, really, as a singer mm -hmm. until, like, last year, maybe, like, the end of 2019. And they were like, yeah, you've been, I was like, yeah, I had recorded music out and I still was like, not all the way. I was like, didn't feel great. It takes time. Definitely. Definitely. So this is kind of a random question. Um, but I wanted to know how you got into doing the uh, commercial voiceovers. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's, it's my most, it's my most uninspired, uninspiring story. Ready? Okay. So I went on Craigslist. And there was an ad. And so I emailed the ad and I show up to the studio. And initially they have me doing uh, the same person. Actually, I'm, I'm signed with the same agency uh, for that stuff. Uh -huh. And I mean, I, I get I get some independent stuff as well. But she uh, pulls me in the studio and she's like, okay. And I have test scripts. And so, you know, when you take those standardized tests, there's like a way they read that. Yeah. And it's really flat. And it's really like, mm -hmm. it's not monotone, but it's not it's flat in its energy and the delivery and so i'm there and i'm trying so hard mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I'm trying so hard to give that flat test energy. Uh-huh. And she's like, yeah, you can't do this. I was like, nope, you can't do this. But she's like, here, I have some other scripts. And I was like, oh, thank God. And so I was so thankful. So she had some other scripts for more dynamic stuff. And she's like, okay, yeah, this will work. I can't put you in on any of these like educational things. <laughs> but there's other stuff you do. And so I had no idea what kind of work uh, she was going to try to get me booked for. And for, for about, even now, I don't really do it that often. But uh, I, at the beginning, it was really, really random stuff. I did for Zesper Kiwis. I did one of, <laughs> I think it was like one of their investor meeting like videos in English. Uh-huh. I've done Kickstarter videos. Like I did all sorts of really random stuff. Uh, but I, I've been lucky. I think whoever's doing the stuff at LG likes me because mm-hmm. they are my most frequent, or they're the company I've done the work for the most times. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm really thankful for that because they pay well. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's it was just it was legitimately. I went on Craigslist and just responded to ads that all, I responded to the ads that didn't look like they were trying to scam me. Yeah. And create if you anybody ever wants to go and check out sold craigslist uh you very quickly will see what they're looking for <laughs> i would say 99 percent of them are not looking for me uh and then you'll see some stuff up there for like random companies but yeah you go you go to that like what it, i think i think the category like tv video radio or something like that yeah that's a dangerous category oh okay that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah they yeah they 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 looking out for something that is not so secret in korea okay <laughs> interesting I'm not sure if I should ask more. I mean, <laughs> I can explain more. You probably will cut this from the podcast, but I, I can explain it. It's not really that that complicated. Or it's like, because it's, it's Korea's like, how should I say? It's definitely downplayed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you want to pay for sex here in Korea or you want to pay to girls around you and implied or not implied, you know, after stuff, it's, it's readily available. Korea has this, like the more visible like red light district is definitely not as prominent anymore in this day and age but not people still go around on the on the motorbikes throwing those business cards everywhere and littering this lining the streets with uh business cards basically you know you call them for sex and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so it's um readily available and i i think there's issues with definitely iphones with it being the way it is because because it's kept this behind underground thing you know soul soul is a hotbed for human trafficking but that's a that's a whole different issue that uh, yeah the city struggles with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, just getting into it. I was just gonna ask, like, do you enjoy do you enjoy doing like the commercial voiceovers, or is that why, or is it more of like a financial thing? Um, that's a good question. Good question. I I like it because it's different. It's definitely different from what I do regularly, and so I I do definitely enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Don't enjoy all of them. Overall, I enjoy it, but some of them, man, like, you sure you want to pay me and you're going to use this for an ad? Okay. <laughs> but I wouldn't have paid me for this. Like, like what? Do you have, like, an example? Or do you have, like, a funny story? Or uh, is it just boring? Well, stuff? there's stuff that actually, there's work I've done that not all of it ends up, you know, in the outside world. Right, not everybody actually gets this. It doesn't all get released. Uh, they're big companies, and so obviously, you know, they have the budget to do something and change their mind. Yeah. But 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so one of them was Chevy. So Chevrolet, when they were releasing their Trailblazer SUV in Korea, so I think that was 2000, maybe 2019, like the, the beginning of that year. And I went in. So they had this commercial, and it's just someone saying Trailblazer mm-hmm. for 30 seconds. It goes, Trailblazer, Trailblazer, right? And so <laughs> it's that. It's that for 30 seconds. And the, the commercial itself is cool because they have these like people dancing around the car and it's pretty cool. But they had that for 30 seconds. They had me, that's most of my times I'm in there for recording. If it's short, 15 minutes is about a, is pretty long actually for that. Mm-hmm. I was in there for probably 45 minutes to an hour recording the word trailblazer. Oh God. And so, so <laughs> one part was I had never said the same word that many times in my life. The other part was at one point they asked me, to say it kind of Koreanized. And I told them. Oh, no. I told them. I can't do this. It's not going to come out. It's just going to come out sounding terrible. It's not going to come out sounding like a Korean person speaking English. It's going to sa- sound like just someone who doesn't know how to speak any languages. <laughs> I tried to tell them. But they were like, no, just try. And after like two to three takes, they're like, this is terrible. I said, yep. <laughs> told you. How'd you do it? Oh. Right? So they wanted, right? So Korean, now? there's like English sounds and um that Korean doesn't have right so yeah. like they don't have the z mm-hmm. and they change the z to j sound right and so they want it to be in korean tra- trail play talk, right mm-hmm. but they want it to be part english part <laughs> korean and so they want to be like trail blade and i was like there's no way for me to say this <laughs> in a commercial voice without sounding like really dumb and they agreed after making me do it that's funny <laughs> That's a story to have. A yeah, about, I, I'm, sure. I'm always like, man, you guys can't ask me to like be more Korean. I just, I'm, I'm hopeless at it. I tried, can't do it. So my last question. Okay, what was the question? This is the last question that I have. Um, I guess if you want to ask any more questions after that. Yeah. Um, but how would you describe yourself in three words? Three only words. Three. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> three words. Three words. Three words. Energetic. Definitely. Actually, I think, yeah, I think this is going to be perfect. I need a third word, though. I don't have a third word yet. So energetic, shy, and playful is not the word because I'm not playful. I'm actually way too serious. Uh, 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 I'm trying to, man, third word. This is difficult. How do you come, how do people come up with these things? Uh, and, let's see, energetic, shy, and calculated. Calculated. Okay. I think, yeah, I think those three words probably describe me the most. I'm, I'm, I just try to, I, I plan a lot, and the, the reality is, what I actually end up doing is just throwing stuff at a wall and hoping it works. Yeah. But you know, right? You just go with whatever sticks. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I try. I try to be super calculated. So if you listen to my first music, um, that first EP I put out that sounds super K-pop, it's because I was trying to be super calculated, and uh-huh. I was like, well, one, I was like, this is a sound that works. I have the kind of right image for it. I'm going to try to sell this. And I learned very quickly that no one knows what they're doing in music. And you can't try to sell people anything. You just release stuff and hope they like it. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, it's like, Jim, like, you can't ever figure out what the music market will really like. You can guess. And you put out educated guesses and hope they're accurate. But really, like, you can't figure it out at all. You can't get, you can't know. And so I was like, okay. And the part of the reason I did that music was I was like, I, you know, I thought as a package, as me, you know, if I were a company selling me, I was like, this is a good package to sell. 
And so the reason you can see it, it flips. You know, it's the super change as soon as I put out Enigma. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do whatever I want. Yeah. And I was like, this is what I want to do then. Uh, and so I flip it and I do that. And so that's like that side. Shy, really introverted. And I just like to stay home. And I, I have, you know, I'm like, okay, well, not all people like this, but a lot of people, you know, you have times where you, I just want to get out. And, you know, whatever it was before, I would maybe go to the club or, mm-hmm. you know, go out to a bunch of bars. I'd have that, like, you know, once a month, I'd really get a craving for, like, you know, I want to go out. I want to have a day out. But the rest of the time, I'm just like, no, I just hang out by myself. And I'm at home a lot. Yeah. Go, go to eat by myself a lot, so that kind of stuff. Um, you need that time to, like, recharge, I feel like. For me, though, it's not just to recharge. It's just, like, I'm shy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's scary approaching people <laughs> and talking to people. And so... I was like, well, I can just stay by myself then. And then uh, energetic. But when, when, I, when I am out and when I am doing stuff, I'm a little bit energetic and a little bit crazy. And I, don't, I never think of it as like my job to keep the mood. I think it's just my mood. I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty all in when I'm, when I'm doing something, right? We're going to go out have a good time. Let's go out and have a good time. I'm not going to worry about the stuff I have to worry about. I mean, unless someone calls me and is like, hey, can you take care of this? Like, maybe. Yeah. But besides that, I was like, no, I'm not going to worry about what I have to take care of tomorrow. I'm just like, no, we're going to have a good time. Have a good time. And I'm very much that personality. Like, if I'm going to go, not it, I mean, science, sure, science, accuracy. But if I tell people who are, because I'm really into fitness and stuff, and I tell people, like, if you're going to go eat something that already is, like, you know, cheating on your diet, eat the best version of it. Because that way you at least don't feel like, dang it, I cheated on my diet and it wasn't even worth it. Yeah. It was like, yes, this was worth it, right? So we're going to go eat a piece of chocolate cake. Eat the best piece of chocolate cake you can get your hands you on. Eat the whole cake. <laughs> right. And that's what, I, that's what I tell you. If you're going to cheat, just cheat. <laughs> cheat all the way. Don't cheat partially because all, you're already cheating. You might as well just cheat all the way. Yeah. And so I'm very, I'm very much like that, right? If I'm going to have, if I'm going to go for something, I'm like, I'll go all in. I'll go the best version. Katie, do you have any questions? Yeah, I had a question about something you'd mentioned earlier. So, about the song Enigma, what was it that made you, like, feel... You had been saying earlier on that, like, when you made it in, like, 15 minutes? Yeah, say? it was, like, 15 minutes. It just happened. I mean, not, like, was you know, literally... Of course, not the whole yeah. song, but most of the song melodically just came together real fast. How do you think, or, like, what sparked that? I'm curious about, like, if there... I mean, there probably wasn't really a process, but, you know... What was that experience? That like? was really interesting. So I, um, yeah. So I was coming off of, um, I mean, it was a year removed, almost from doing that K-pop sounding stuff, and I was moving um, to a new thing, and I was really excited. That was one thing. I was really excited to be writing a different kind of music, something that was closer to a lot of the American stuff I listened to, and, uh. Generally, just melodies come to me pretty fast, but I can't always, I'm not always happy with it. And that just turned out to be one time I was happy with it. And I had, so the chorus lyrics for that, I actually had written already. Um, and then we, I w- worked with a friend, uh, we, wrote, we wrote parts of it in Korean. Mm-hmm. But I actually had, had those lyrics written already, and I do that a lot from time to time. I'll just write stuff down. Although not as much these days. I usually write them riding the train and looking at people. Just like seeing what's happening in the world. But uh, yeah, so I write. I, I wrote those lyrics, and I had actually a, a real vision image in my head 
for those lyrics. And so it all uh, came together very quickly. And it was kind of fun to have something just happen. Mm -hmm. And it, I, think, I think the lyrics really encapsulated my personality pretty well because it was just like really a lot of unknown and don't know what to do next. And I ended up, so coming off of that di diversion, the song diversions uh, wasn't actually planned for that EP. But what happened was I was working with someone and really, I think everybody in the music industry has a story, but uh, he didn't screw me over. I wouldn't put it like that. Um, but he definitely pulled a fast one on me in the sense that uh, he implied, this guy's just a just a compulsive liar. Mm -hmm. um, and he's just, he, he's a sweet talker and he's good at it. And so he implied a lot more connections and a lot more know-how for the industry things that I had just gotten really fatigued with. Mm -hmm. I had felt kind of on my own in terms of marketing and distribution and trying to figure that all out while navigating Korea in my um, first year. And so at the end of 2018, uh, that, you know, that came out, I released it and then I met this guy and I wanted, I was really, like I just literally, I just released it probably within the month and I was really fatigued and I wanted someone to be able to take some of that pressure off my hands. Yeah. And so, right. He walks in. I don't like, that's why I don't like to blame people or really anything. He walks in at the perfect time to do what he does in terms of, sweet talking to people like I wanted it mm -hmm. right he didn't con me out of anything I mean he definitely played me but he didn't con me out of anything I wanted it I was looking for someone to do that stuff he said he could do it uh I learned very early on that one he's a liar but two he doesn't know what he's doing which is the bigger problem <laughs> and uh the commitment wasn't a real commitment it was all in that in that way he was playing it, 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 he he implied a lot more work was going into stuff and I found out way later that like he tried to put the blame on me for a bunch of stuff later. And uh, I found out after when I was talking to the people, talking to other people, like, yeah, he said this and this. And I was like, he didn't tell me any of these things. So that music video was like a big production in terms of like what went into it. Mm -hmm. um, money came, money was all coming out of my pocket. And I, I learned, like, I kind of started to learn. And that was towards the ending point of it. I learned like he wants to look, make himself look good, yeah. right? And that was a big part of it. And uh, I ended up talking to people. So I, I put that out. I put that music video out. I wasn't happy. I really wasn't happy about it. I thought for the amount of money I spent, which ended up being around four to $5,000. Can I curse on this podcast? Yes, please. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, so. Spice this up. So I, uh, I thought for what I was spending and the work that was going into it, that that music video was a piece of shit, mm -hmm. right? I'm spending four to five thousand dollars, and I know what I can get out of this. I didn't. I was making mistakes all along the way. I wasn't asking for receipts. I wasn't um, asking what the intended budget for the project is. Right? We weren't coming up with stuff like that. I was just kind of going with it. I never expected it to get to that level. Uh, and so, I like you know, it's, and we get to it comes out. I was, I was like, the fuck, mm -hmm. this sucks, right? And so I'm, I'm coming out. I was like, and I knew there were problems along all along the way. He was telling me this person is going to do this, this person is going to do this. I was like, you don't know anything about this industry, really. You're not sending me to um, a salon for hair and makeup. You're not getting a stylist who's really, you're just working from my wardrobe, which, okay, I own a lot of clothes, but I mean, like, I don't necessarily want my wardrobe to be my music video yeah. look, mm -hmm. right? And you told me you're getting, you told me you're getting a, a, a model or an actress, right, for the female role, and you didn't deliver on that. You end up just getting a mutual friend, right? And, you know, like all of the and all of this stuff, 
all of this stuff and you're telling me you're having stuff choreographed and sure yeah you're having stuff choreographed and whatever but it was like what am i paying for what am i getting out of this because i could have done this myself <laughs> i could have had a dance team come and be behind me and i could have dressed myself and gotten a friend to do hair and makeup for me right. not that I'm, and i'm not trying to say that she, she's a friend she's a friend of mine now um i'm not i'm not saying she did a bad job right mm -hmm. but i'm but, and she was on she was on set and it was you know hot outside and so i'm not saying she did a bad job what i'm saying is she shouldn't have she probably shouldn't have been in that position mm -hmm. right and stuff like that like people were getting set up to do stuff that isn't their skill set i found out who wrote he was telling me he was writing the script for the music video and it wasn't even him and i found out that the person who did most of the writing was told she was gonna get paid for me and and nobody ever told me this mm -hmm. i paid her i paid him because i was like look if you, somebody told you you're gonna get paid that's fine i'll pay i'm not trying to you know i'm not trying to play anybody out of money that you told you were gonna get uh, that's why I don't work with the guy anymore, but I'll pay. So that wasn't a problem for me. But he was like, yeah, so when I ended it, so that music video comes out September-ish, something like that, end of August, September-ish. And then I went to the U.S. in like November of that year. And I was there and I was, that was like my pondering time. I was like, hey, I'm away. I'm going to ponder because I was, I was already like basically going to move on, but I needed to move on and I needed to see how I wanted to strategize removing someone who really tried to get in get in on this mm -hmm. and so I, I part of that i fly back to korea and uh i'm just like not responding to stuff and it's like i'm not gonna respond for a little bit i'm gonna um and the oh that's important that's what my breaking point was i had a breaking point like a legitimate this was the breaking point so there's conference music conference in korea every year um called mucon mm -hmm. and you know people from all over the world come and all the korean industry people have representatives there and so he was supposed to be there. Uh, I'm always there because I know people and I like to hang out as one of the artists and just hang out with people and we're friends and we have a good time. Legitimately, I don't think anybody I know goes there to get much work done anymore. We just kind of we're like, oh yeah, your company paid you to fly out here and now we can just drink together. Mm -hmm. Cool. But he was supposed to be there and he was supposed to be taking meetings. And um, right, if you're going to be my marketing person and my manager, which he loved to call himself my manager, you, you got to be there. You got to be booking stuff. Like, why aren't you here? Right? Mm -hmm. Look at who everyone else is. That's what they're doing here. That's what I'm doing here. You're supposed to be doing what I'm doing here. That's not my job anymore. It's, this is the whole point of this is this is not my job anymore. And so he he like wasn't there like at all. And it's like a two or three day. It was like three day conference, and he wasn't there very much, if at all. Like I never saw him there. He said he was there at points, whatever. And um, there was one thing at night. So there was a night where we were going out, and I was like, hey, you should come out to this. These, this is when the real work gets, and it's true. That's when the, a lot of the real work gets done. You make connections with people. You know, these are the people who are running, you know, the music part of South by Southwest. And they're running, um, like, you know, big festivals, Liverpool Sound City, right? Like all these big things. Mm -hmm. And you, should, you need to be out here. You need to meet these people. Or you should come. And he was like, uh, I can't, you know, um, I have a meet. He told me, I have a meeting with someone else in Itoan. And so I was like, all right. You know, I'm meeting with someone in Itoan. That's cool. Um, what I mean, I get it. It must be important, right? I get it. He, um, I, we end up in Itaewon, the whole large group of us, right? We end up there. Someone knows uh, the someone knows the owner of uh, one club. This guy, own, this ownership group owns a couple clubs, and so we go to one club, and then we go to the other spot. So he told me he was going to a meeting. Um, this mutual friend that he had introduced me to, he's a cool guy. He uh, had asked me also, hey, you want to come to dinner? And then he also said, hey, you want to come to dinner? And um, I'm going to go. My friend's DJing at this club after. You want to go? 
And I was like, no, I can't, you know. Uh, but we, I end up at the club anyway, like way later in the night, like, you know, mm-hmm. three or four in the morning. <laughs> and I see him there. And so there's two things that were the breaking point, like combined in that, in that situation. One was that I saw on Instagram that he was just, he was just eating dinner with that mutual friend. That was his meeting. <laughs> I was like, one, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you're going to post on Instagram that this was this thing? This ain't a meeting. I was invited to this. I, he didn't post who he was with. Or maybe he did post. I don't remember. But I was like, I was invited to this. I know where you are. And so I was pissed already about that. And then he's there and he's like, you know, at a table with a, it's a tiny club. Um, table with a couple girls. And he's always like, you know, trying to get, get with the girls or at least get them to like him. Because he's not popular with girls. They don't like him. And so he, he brings me over. He's like, he says in, so I'll tell you what he said. He says in Korean. Uh, and I don't know how to translate that well to English because it's it's like you know a singer that I'm raising but like you know it, it, he's more saying like you know developing and you know I'm working no, it's not but it's not it's not the implication that you're working with someone right mm-hmm. it's like I'm developing him and you, that's the word you use like when you're when you have a dog that's the saying you say that's how you say you know like I'm taking care of dog mm-hmm and I wasn't saying he was trying to put me in that situation, but that's like the type of verb you use for that. Like you wouldn't say that about your kids or something, mm-hmm. but you do say that about an artist. Like companies will say that about their artists. And I was like, fuck this. He did not just say that about me to try to hold some random girls at a club at three in the morning. Yeah. You didn't show up to any, you didn't show up to any meetings. You said you have something better to do tonight. You don't do one. You can't say that because you don't do shit for me in terms of my artistry. You don't know anything about music. I write everything. I tried to include you in the music in the writing process and you're too dumb to know anything about it right and so i was like and then and then this and then this you're like dude you did not you did not just try that with me i'm i'm done right i was like i'm that was it i was like i'm done i i was there and for the context so i like to give context on stuff so at that club i was there with the uh one of the asia managers for distribution for cd baby Mm -hmm. he was there um my friend does marketing for starship entertainment she does like all the international stuff she goes around with monster x and stuff when they're overseas she like we were there um you know flo's old manager when he was still um side with feel good music in korea yeah she was there like right i was like these are all the industry people you should be meeting so i was pissed i was done and i was and um it was raining that day not super hard but it was like enough rain that uh everybody was getting cabs home mm-hmm I couldn't get a cab, right? I, I, I helped everybody because there's people from overseas and stuff, right? I want them to get home first. Uh, and so it's about probably an hour and a half walk from where I was to my house. Mm-hmm. And also it's like 4.30 in the morning, 5 in the morning, and I'm kind of drunk. I wasn't, I wasn't that drunk by that point, but uh, I was t- definitely tired. I walked home. I couldn't get a cab. I walked home. And I spent that hour and a half contemplating my life. and really angry and really like, okay, I'm done with this. How do I cut this off? Yeah. What is the fastest way to cut off? And, um, and so long story, but if you listen to Divergence, and one, one, it's, I really wanted, it was about getting back to focusing on me, right? A lot of the stuff I felt like I was doing, it wasn't really me mm-hmm. anymore. And then like he was trying to get me um, having more stuff with dancers and dancing myself and doing stuff. Not that that's a, it's not a bad thing, but I was like, you know, that's just not really me or how I, my performance are ever going to end up. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was part of that. And then the other part was 
Yeah, so it's focusing on me and the stuff that's important to me again. And then it was like, if you look at that bridge, it was like, I say something about like, you know, if I ever make it, you know, and you're going to want a piece of this and you, you missed, you blew it, you blew it, right? You had a chance. Right. And I really do. I really do. I was like, you know, I'm an, I'm a nice guy. And so it's in my nature to want to help people out and work together and have people I work with win together. He, he was really talking a lot about how he wanted to break into this from what he was doing. And so I was like, okay, I'll believe it. And I wanted success, right? I wanted him to have success with me. Uh, and I was like, look, I gave you fair time. I gave you a year. And all you did was bleed money from me and bring me nothing. Mm -hmm. And lie about big plans that you had, starting this entertainment company, doing all this other stuff. And I was saying, all you did was lie. I didn't get anything. I lost. I spent money, so much money. And what? I don't have anything good to show for it. And I was, so I was like, man, I'm going to, and part of it was, you know, reflecting on, I'm going to do stupid things in my career. And that's, that's going to hold true forever. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not always going to make the right moves, mm -hmm. but I wanted, I want to be able to look back on those moves and I don't regret anything, but I wanted to be, I, for the future, I wanted to be able to look at those moves and say, Hey, I was doing my best. And everything was you know everything that went into it mm -hmm. was well allocated yeah even though it didn't work out right because i that's not how i feel about this I, I felt a lot of time was the biggest thing a lot of time was wasted but you know money was wasted uh he burned relationships that i have with still with people that they he burned them with them he doesn't like that he tried to tell people like i'm quitting on people and i'm not paying them and i'm withholding money and he was like when uh, we had one final meeting and he was like, you owe all, the, all these people money and whatnot. He tried, he knew where I live. He tried to come to my house at one point and I wouldn't open the door for him mm -hmm. and I told him I was going to call the police. Yeah. And was he, he was like, because I, was, I wasn't responding to him and he was like, and he messaged me and so I was like, fine. He, well, well what? He, he was like being a little kid and like, you know, like nice guys on Reddit, like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. He being a little kid and like being all bitchy about it and be like, what's wrong with you? You're like, why are you being a little kid about it? Why would you respond to me? And I was like, okay. So he, and then he shows up at my house. I'm like, okay. I was like, I, I mentioned, you want to be an adult about this? Set a meeting place. Don't show up at my house. That's not how adults deal with, deal with work conflicts. Right. Uh, so we had that meeting and he's telling me, I was like, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm sorry, but I was like, I don't want to tell you this, but I'm sorry. I had you blacklisted at CJ and all of this stuff. And I was like, one, CJ doesn't know who I am. There's nothing to blacklist. <laughs> Two, stop pretending you have power stuff up until the very end. Stop pretending you have influence. Up until the very end, he was like, yeah, you, you owe people money. And I was like, okay, if I owe all of these people money, he, basically what he did is I would transfer him money and he would pay people. But what I, I don't know why. I'm, we all have our reasons we do stupid shit. And I just did my stupid shit for a long time. And I, I definitely knew he was taking a cut. I knew right. he was taking a cut. Mm -hmm. He started asking people. But I don't know why I kept paying stuff through him as an intermediary, right? I should know. I should know. But uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know or I didn't want to know or whatever the reason. And I was like, fine, if I owe people money, tell them to come to me. So I told Tell them to come to me. I'll pay. But I'm not paying you to pay them. Right. All but until the very end, he was trying. He was trying. And I was like, can't do it anymore. But I'll, I'll make mistakes. You know, I, I won't allocate everything well and all the time. And stuff won't always be successful. But I, at least I can feel like, you know, everything was the best that it could have been at the time with what I knew. Mm -hmm. But it's not the case then. Yeah. I could have done it better. I chose to be a little bit, not blind. I had blurry vision. I didn't need to. Well, at least hopefully... It gave you more insight on how yeah. you should do things now. Yeah, I had a lot of I had a lot of people mm -hmm. come to me asking me asking me like why didn't I just work with them or why and I, I had you know I had a bunch of people who knew this guy and they all thought he was shady, but we weren't as close then. I was like, man, why didn't you just tell me? 
right? They're like, you know, we didn't really, I didn't really know you that well then and stuff like that. Uh, so like, fair enough. But yeah, I had, a, I had Korean, Korean people who were saying like, you should have just, you should just come to me and ask me to introduce you to people if you were sending the money. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just still felt awkward in this world. <laughs> I still feel awkward in this world, but I feel less awkward because I have people tell me just, you know, like, hey, if you need something, just ask me. They, they know, they know that I'm kind of shy and I don't always want to ask. Mm-hmm. I'm scared to ask. So they tell, they tell me first, like, hey, just ask. It's like, I, they'll tell me, I know this guy. It's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Can you introduce, now I'm just like, can you introduce me? I try to be introduced to everyone. I'm never going to meet famous people. I don't ask everyone to introduce me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was a guy who originally was, I guess, like your quote unquote manager. So he said, like, was he American? Was that why you were? No, no, he's um, Malaysian. Um, I think probably like Malaysian Chinese. Mm-hmm. And he had been living in Korea for a long time. But like there were there are so many red flags. So, so many red flags that I... I mean, looking back. Yeah, was... yeah. Looking back, there's so many red flags that I definitely noticed and overlooked mm-hmm. and justified. I, I justified them, all of them. He's bad at Korean. He's lived here for like 10 years. He's bad at Korean. And he's trying to work in this industry. And I don't know why I didn't see that as such a red flag. But I was like, no, he, he figures it out. I was like, he survived here for 10 years. He figures it out. Uh, stuff like that. I was like, what was he doing before? I don't know. Was he like working on an old Good question. Project? I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know because I didn't know. I found out later that everything he says is a lie. There is stuff that, uh, yeah, there is stuff that I didn't know. That I just, there was no way for me to have known. Uh, until, until later and knowing some of the people who know him and stuff like that. Yeah, like. Was he like older than you? He was his years part? older than me, but not significantly. But I mean, one thing was he had been in Korea for a long time. That was part of it. He seemed to know some people, but. Mm-hmm. Like, there were some things that I started to notice that maybe, like, there was a questioning period before I said, you know, fuck this. There was a questioning period. And at that point, I was questioning, I was like, mm-hmm. he keeps talking about all this stuff. Why does everything he has, why is everything that he has a worse version of something that I have? <laughs> I don't even make that much money. I was like, I don't even make that much money. Why do you have only worse versions of things I have? It started to click. It all started to click at some point. Oh. Yeah. Well, at least around that. Did you end up getting, like, quote unquote revenge is just like cut it off and be like you know what i'm taking what i have yeah i wasn't looking for revenge because i I, he doesn't have anything i don't i'm not not trying to take something away from someone who doesn't have anything what i'm taking away is what's going to hurt the most which is your chance to have Mm something you attached yourself to me because you thought i was your chance to have something and i was your chance to have someone spend some money and all of that i was like that taking that away is gonna hurt i knew that's why he kept on coming to your door also he's like so i'm here like i met a lot of like nightlight people through him and he just like completely like I see him. I saw him at the end of 2019. Just a little bit, I broke it off, and that was it. Uh, my friend Edward, my friend told me like, I don't know exactly what he did. But he like was doing some fucked up shit, some annoying shit. And so like, they got mad, they got mad and they're like, you know, stop coming here, mm-hmm. right? Stuff like that. And I was like, wait, what? Because like, I only know know this place and met you guys because of him. I was like, I still come and hang out. <laughs> stuff like so stuff like that. It was like, okay, like yeah, you're not you're not great at this. It's like, why would you bring bridges with anyone anywhere unless they're like, you know, fucking you up? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, like I don't understand what you doing. But like, yeah, he doesn't come around here anymore. I was like, oh, fascinating. Okay. It's very, very enlightening. Don't, don't you hate that? Well, that's the story. Yeah, I hate that. But like, you look back and you're like, so many red flags. Why didn't I see them? He yeah. asked me for a whole year we worked together. He asked me all the time what I did for work and what I did for money. Mm-hmm. All the time. How are you not going to remember that? <laughs> How do you not know every detail about that's me fine. as my manager? I was like, oh. but it's okay. Life moves on. It's okay. Well, you live and you learn. Exactly. You know, you think you should know better, but it's okay. You didn't. 
And now you know. No. Manager now? So part of the reason that I was so kind of hungry for a manager is I've never had management and I still don't have management. I do have someone I'm working with who is helping me in my marketing stuff um, for the future. Um, and I'm putting a little bit of faith in this guy in a different way than I did before um, for the other person. And I, I, I trust that he's not, he's not doing me wrong because his legends of grandeur are much are real. I see them, right? When he says he's staying in nice places and it has lots of money and it's working and doing stuff and working with stuff, right? Like it, I can see it. It's happening. Um, and so, and I'm not, I'm not putting much on the line here. I'm really not putting anything on the line. Um, and he wants to work with me. And so it's like, I have that. So I have someone helping me with marketing stuff and then in the future we'll see how involved he gets. And that's pretty new past couple months. But besides that, no, nah, it's all, all on my own. And I think part of it for me is I'm letting it be a little bit slow since we're still kind of pandemic -y especially here in Korea. Um, and we'll see if it starts to pick up more. But I also think I feel a little bit more established in contacting venues and booking stuff and things like that where I'm not all that worried about management. Do you have anything else? Although in the future would be nice. It would be nice to have someone take a little bit of that load. Yeah, for sure. Off my plate. For sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I mean... Do you have any more questions? Um, not anything else? I mean, I think I'm, hmm. I think I'm good. Yeah, that last story was... It was definitely yeah. a juicy one. Oh boy. Yeah. After that, I mean, I mean, can you imagine though, if that was the story? Like, again. I was already making money, and he was getting a piece of money the whole time. He yeah. kept trying to say, "Hey, I'm doing this for free. Hey, I'm doing this for free." But I was like, "That's not how this works. You get a cut of anything I get. That's why you do this. This is how it works in every industry for management in entertainment." Mm -hmm. Like, the only reason I allow, I agree to work with you is because you get a cut of money I make. But no, no, no. I always try to push the, I'm doing this for free. I'm not doing this for free. It's not free. No, uh, yeah, but it's good. I'm, I'm living a good life out here, out here in Korea. But, yeah, I ain't got nothing to complain about. Did you say you at least like grew because of that? Or like... Um, it was definitely a learning experience. And so... Yeah, I mean, I like I'm. I'm upset at my past self for not having seen red flags to avoid something that I feel wasted some of my time. But I would, I don't have the perspective that it was all a waste of time, right? It was a all a learning experience. I just think, you know, could you have learned that in three months instead of a year, maybe? But uh, it was no, it was a learning experience to see things go wrong. Having things not be great is, is not the worst experience to have. Um, a couple failures under your belt helps you know what you want to do going forward, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I wouldn't have known this is the style of music I wanted to do if um, I, was, I wasn't so unsuccessful right, with my, my first EP. And then I wouldn't have known about how I like to visualize myself and my project in the future if I hadn't had this experience with spending all this money and it not being that great. And, and I was like, okay, there's better ways to do things. If it wasn't coronavirus period and I had had a little bit more money at the time, I was, my friend wanted to shoot this Game Breaker music video on an island on the beach. He was like, yeah, just get one girl to come out to be the girl in the video. I was like, man, sounds awesome. And then he suggested a yacht. And I said, yeah, wait, I can never afford that. <laughs> Maybe eventually. Maybe eventually. Maybe you could do a yacht with PH1 on it. Yo, that would be the vibes, man. Oh. 
No, my friend, my friend, um, <laughs> I had a friend. I didn't really know Paige Wad for a long time. Um, and I had a friend do a song with him. Uh, so he's a, another Korean American rapper, Uzu Hong. I don't know if y'all know him, but he, uh, we actually grew up, he, he's someone I actually did grow up with. And he um, had Page One on one of his songs, and that turned me on to Page One. I was like, oh, okay. So I started learning about all these people. Getting into the industry more and more. Getting to know people, getting the connections. Well, it's, it's surprising how many people know. For someone like him and like Sam Ock, and it's still, it's still wild to me how many people know who they are. Like when I hear music out of like, especially Sam Ock, like at a cafe or something. And I'm like, I, every time I hear it, I laugh. Because like, I I know this guy and I've you know like hung out with him and we've done you know pointless stuff. <laughs> people people will come up to me tell we'll talk and be like you know him and they're like all they're all excited because they're like I love this artist. I'm like it's just a goofy guy that I hung out with in college. I mean I guess that's what's it like. Well that's what it's like sort of. I guess making it more and more you know suddenly you realize. You're gonna be in that place, or other people are like, "Oh wow, you you know us? <laughs> what I listen to that guy, and you just don't know it." Yeah, I I personally, I want to I I want if I can give off that vibe, everybody to just see me as like someone who could be their best friend, because uh yeah, that's definitely like kind of what I want to give off. I, I try to tell people all the time, famous people are just like you. You just happen to know who they are, and they don't know who you are. There's a regular, most, I mean, there are people who are not regular people, but, but they're just regular people. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't do it. Don't do anything special. Just spend time, just sit home and play video games, mm-hmm. go to gym, right? They go out to eat. It's like, <laughs> don't really do anything yeah. different. I'm out of questions. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm good as well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I feel like we got a lot of content, we got a lot of interesting stuff. Um. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. Um, of course. Yeah, anytime, y'all. If you guys ever want, you know, um, telling us about you, just a guest. Not necessarily have to talk about myself. Talk about you know mm-hmm. anything going on, and I can give you guys a from Korea perspective. If you guys ever want that, yeah, definitely. That that sounds Korean. awesome. Yeah, so if we're doing something about like singing or stuff like that, that'd be totally sorry. What'd you say? Super cool. Like R and B. Oh, I was saying like if we're doing. Like a episode about like like singers or like R and B or even like hip hop, it'd be cool to have someone who like knows more about like the music. Yeah, I um, definitely be cool if you. Yeah, I used to have a, a segment on a, a radio show. That's basically what I did, but I was much more limited into what I was allowed to talk about, and it was very annoying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I'd love to talk about kind of you know like when you hear new, especially you hear a new song. I like to talk about. I'm happy to talk about what's going on and how I probably, I envision probably like the creation process went and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely have a lot more insight into that now than three years ago. I've been like, I don't know. They went in the studio and some magic happened and then the, the engineer did some <laughs> magic. And it's like, here we are. <laughs> well, we'd love to have you back. If you ever have anything you want to talk about, like on a podcast sort of form, we'd love to, you know, be your platform not if we have anything which you'd be like oh we want some more insight on we'll hit you up thank you so much for coming on the podcast like i said we'll yeah it was a good time i mean i mostly just talked about myself and... but good time i mean it's always fun to talk about yourself oh. right <laughs> yeah i mean agreed i'm, I'm good at talking about myself <laughs> yeah and it's oh, it's interesting or just talking too, in so. general yeah.
I can talk forever about the most pointless yeah. things. Yeah, you, you guys are lucky. You guys are lucky. You didn't have to hear like the most pointless things that I talk about sometimes. <laughs> It'd probably still be interesting. Um, <laughs> but sometimes. Maybe some stuff. Maybe some of it. Sometimes. So, sometimes. Like, why do you know this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I also wonder why I know certain things or why I've read things on Wikipedia, but I know them. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, and Wikipedia holds when you just see the the more clicks, and then you you find something search out more. Yeah, it's like, and then you have like great information. Didn't need to know that, but now I know it. What do I do with this? But yeah, like if you're ever wondering, uh, I recently learned that all Wikimedia Wikipe- how do you speak? Wikipedia pictures have to be uh, like license, open license, license free, whatever. Like you know, no rights, free rights, open use. Mm-hmm. I don't know, remember what the right term is. But yeah. so that's why I, most people's Wikipedia pictures are so bad. I just re- I just learned this. I was always trying to figure yeah. out why the pictures are so bad. Uh, but there was a funny. Yeah. But also because of like you could use any of the photos on. And Wikipedia. there was a, yeah. So there was a funny that's joke about. Um, I'm really sports now. I watch a lot of sports, and so uh, one of the profile pictures for a coach who's a head coach now. Is just a tiny crop out of him in the be- like far in the background of some random like g- game he was like way assistant coach way down on the bench for it's hilarious. I know. It's like wow, they really. You should just upload a selfie, man. This is this hurts. That needs to be my dream. I just want a Wikipedia page. I want I want the podcast to get a Wikipedia page. I hope we get that. No, people point. are like, you can make one yourself. Yeah. I was like, that doesn't count. Someone else has to make it. You're not happy, no, right? I have a neighbor page. I'm proud of that. Well, time to make you a Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh right gosh. after. No, I, I'm so. Uh, if anyone who's watching this is good at making Wikipedia pages, can you like hurry up and like fill in all the information? You have this whole podcast to take information from. Thank you. It's, it's hilarious because uh, if you search ESKM on Google, so I, I come from right a computer science background. It stands for Enterprise Secure Key Manager, and I'm just trying to beat that. I'm trying to be the first result before that. Oh, that's that's gonna take a lot of work. Yeah, uh, and I'm trying to not no longer have it get uh, read uh, autocorrected to eSIM on Naver. Naver likes to say, "Did you search wrong?" <laughs> it's like, no, I'm searching for me. <laughs> small goals in life. You just gotta have small ones. So that's it for today. But stay tuned for our next episode. We also have a website, choosekhiphop.com, like we said. So look there for updates right as they happen, music reviews, and other written interviews. Also, like I said, check out our Instagram at choosekhiphop and 82khiphop podcast for clips, info as it comes out, and everything else. If you have any feedback, questions, or topics you want us to cover, please DM us, DM us at either of those Instagram accounts. We'll read it on the next episode and discuss your topic. Anyway, it's been a great journey. Thank you for listening to all this. See you next episode. Bye. Now it's down to I've been